This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. A monk asked Chao Chu, has the dog Buddha nature or not? Chao Chu said, Wu. Wu Men's comment. For the practice of Zen, it is imperative you pass through the barrier set up by the ancestral teachers. For subtle realization, it is of the utmost importance that you cut off the mind road. You do not pass the barrier of the ancestors. You do not cut off the mind road. Then you are a ghost clinging to bushes and grasses. What is the barrier of the ancestral teachers? It is just this one word, Mu, the one barrier of our faith. We call it the gateless barrier of the Zen tradition. When you pass through this barrier, you will not only interview Chao Chu intimately, you will walk hand in hand with all the ancestral teachers and successive generations of our lineage. The hair of your eyebrows entangled with theirs, seeing with the same eyes, hearing with the same ears. Won't that be fulfilling? Is there anyone who would not want to pass this barrier? If so, then make your whole body a massive doubt, and with your 360 bones and joints, and your 84,000 hair follicles concentrate on this one word, move. Day and night keep digging into it. Don't consider it to be nothingness. Don't think in terms of has and has not. It's like swallowing a red hot iron ball. You try to vomit it out, but you can't. Gradually you purify yourself, eliminating mistaken knowledge and attitudes that you've held from the past. Inside and outside become one. You're like a mute person who has had a dream. You know it for yourself alone. Suddenly Mu breaks open. The heavens are astonished. The earth is shaken. It is though you have snatched the great sword of General Quan. When you beat, meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha meet Bodhidharma, you kill Bodhidharma. The very cliff edge of birth and death, you find the great freedom. In the six worlds, in four modes of birth, you enjoy a samadhi of frolic and play. How then should you work with it? Exhaust all your life energy on this one word, boo. If you do not falter, then it's done. A single spark lights your Dharma candle. Woman's verse. Dog, Buddha nature, the full presentation of the whole, with a bit of has or has not. Body is lost, life is lost.
woman says that ancestral teachers have set up this barrier, this barrier of move. Yet in fact it's we ourselves who have set up the barrier. And our practice is coming to understand the nature of the barrier, how it was set up, and what it would mean for it to disappear. barrier which Chao Chu attempts to illustrate in this dialogue about a monk who asks about a dog in Buddha nature are they the same are they opposite how do you put them together It's a barrier constructed out of a contrast between holy and profane, ordinary and transcendent, daily life and the life of the Buddha. All of these are arranged in a polarity, in a contradiction in the mind of the monk. And that dichotomy, that opposition, is itself the barrier. I have talked about the way we construct barriers out of our curative fantasies. Because those are our personal stories that bring us to practice and define what we each individually imagine is lacking or needs to be transformed or needs to be eliminated. What do we imagine our cure, our enlightenment will look like or feel like? How will we be different? What about who we are will disappear? What about who we are will be transformed into something else? These are all our personal versions (coughs) of dog and Buddha. And we have to come to understand how the very things that we call aspiration are themselves bricks in the barrier that we're here to bring down. It is called the gateless barrier because from the beginning these distinctions are empty. They're our own creation that they feel very real and we invest them with an enormous emotional energy because 
this barrier has two sides. In a sense, we erect this barrier to keep at bay our anxiety, our uncertainty, our fear, our longing, our vulnerability. We create a barrier as if it would provide meaning and structure and definition to our lives. And only after a long time do we get any sense about what we have cut ourselves off from by setting up this wall of self-protection. To keep ourselves safe, we lock ourselves in a cage and only then belatedly realize we are no longer free. Now, Mumon's instructions how to practice with Moon are interesting in that it reflects a style that says essentially throw yourself into the contradiction, throw yourself into the dilemma, turn Mu into a question that needs to be solved. And traditionally, teacher would ask you, what is Mu? And you'd have to go in there week after week and try to present an answer. <coughs> what is it? What is it? And every week the bell would ring and he'd be thrown out. Right? Go deeper. Go deeper. See, the whole setting up of Mu in terms of question and answer is just like setting up a dichotomy between dog and Buddha nature. It's a whole other kind of split that you're brought in, you're brought into the middle of. How did Mu become a question that needs an answer, right? You could say that this is a particular kind of strategy, a skillful means that sort of has an analogy I I thought the other day between the old Marxist revolutionary strategy of heightening the contradictions, right? If If you feel like there is class struggle You don't try to ameliorate it. You try to push it to its limit so it'll break in revolution. There's a certain strategy like that in this one way of working with this koan where you you take mu, the student thinks it's a problem that needs to be solved, so, yep, we'll go with that and we'll push it to its limit. You think there's a problem Give me an answer, right? And you keep pushing and pushing and pushing until the whole notion of question and answer and problem and solution 
break apart. What you might describe in contrast as Soto way of approaching Mu is more of a model of let's create the ideal socialist community where the problem is no longer exists and we can live out the answer, right? Uh, we'll live out the answer where our daily practice of zazen, the daily life of a monk, provides the very answer the monk thinks he's missing. Zazen is not a means towards enlightenment. It's the expression of enlightenment. So the monk does not need to achieve enlightenment. He needs to practice enlightenment. And the practice of enlightenment is immediately available every time you sit down on your cushion. In fact, you can't miss it. It's there every time manifesting itself. Can you see it? Can you feel it? It's right there. An opposite kind of uh, strategy or temperament to deal with this ingrained psychological sense that brings everybody to practice that something is missing. Now part of the one curative fantasy associated with Mu has to do with the whole idea of passing Mu as a kind of once and for all um, I don't know, get out of jail free card, right? Uh, And that We, we cease to, we think that uh, we're going to get something at the end of this, even though Muman there very specifically says, don't think in terms of has or have, have not. People tend to ignore that little piece. And uh, they want to come away thinking, now I've got it. Right? And the passing of a koan becomes something you've got. Um, this, of course, just sets up the same problem all over again at a new level because what you've got is this usually momentary experience of okayness or inclusiveness of nothing missing, but that becomes identified with a certain state of consciousness that now you want to hold on to. And and when you're trying to hold on to any state of consciousness, then the whole world becomes your enemy. Everything is intruding and impinging and ruining your buzz, you know? I mean, you're trying to stay in this great state and there's noise, and there's people, and there's stuff, and there's problems, right? And so you get this whole new dichotomy that's set up between the state that you think you now got and you want to hold on to, and the rest of life, which is ruining it. So you have to start all over again. 
and that's the thing with uh, with Mu is we have to practice with it and pass it or pass into it or with it through it over and over and over again endlessly um, there's a way in which working through Mu manifests best as forgetting about, about it entirely. You're just living your life and it's a seamless engagement with what's the next thing. You're not dividing your life up into the good parts or the bad parts or the problems and the solutions. You're just living your life. But for most of us, we don't stay on that track. Uh, we can't stay on that track all the time. Uh, and we will get derailed by pain, whether physical or emotional, loss, whether physical or emotional, by desire. And all these things set up new dichotomies of things that we want to get rid of, things we want to hold on to new versions of dog and Buddha nature that have suddenly have a contrast. The world, you know, the world of gout and the world without gout, right? <laughs> right? Does gout have the Buddha nature, right? Uh, this is sort of the nitty-gritty of our practice. How do we face the very things that we wish we, wish we could get rid of in our life, right? What does it mean to stay one with those? Mu, as I have practiced with it, means drawing this big circle that contains everything. Right? Nothing is outside of Mu. And we practice watching where have we drawn some line? Where have we drawn a boundary? What have we unconsciously or consciously placed outside the circle of our acceptance? Right? What does it mean to notice that barrier, that edge, and then bring things back in? The edge itself has to be included in the circle. Uh, that was Joko's great teaching, that the edge of anxiety or anger uh, that signals something is not it. That's right. That itself you have to bring into the circle. That's our dog, right? That you know, <laughs> my pet, my pet emotion, right? Yeah, that uh, that's getting out of hand. It's gotten off the leash. And I don't know what to do with. Right? How do I bring that back into to the circle? Wuman's uh, admonitions are very fierce. Right? He really wants you to throw yourself into Mu and through concentration put everything into Mu. Just make your whole consciousness filled with this syllable 
so that Mu goes out and fills the whole world, right? absorbs everything. You get to oneness through concentration on one point. <laughs> we tend to do it from the other direction. Uh, I say, look in the mirror. Everything in the mirror is you, right? Not just your face, but the whole room and world uh, behind you in the mirror. How do you look into that? And whatever shows up, say, that's me. That's Luke.